listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 27, our interview with Rob Pantaleo. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Each week, Darren and Holly bring you topics from car shows to racing to personal stories about local car nuts. This week, Darren and Holly drive about 30 minutes south of Carlisle to go visit with Rob Pantaleo and see his 1960 Plymouth Fury. Hear all the details about this chromed out, beautiful convertible. And let's get revved up. Cubers and welcome back to this week's episode. It's Darren and Holly. Thank you for joining us. We always appreciate having you on board. We are excited to tell you all about uh, this week's interview and the fact that a fellow local Carlisle area native is taking his car to the Chrysler Nationals and has a story and history behind his 1960 Plymouth. You'll definitely want to listen into all the details. Rob Pantaleo was an absolute gem and consummate host as and, we were there. And be sure to listen to the serendipitous nature oh, right, right. of him getting this vehicle because it definitely be. was not in his plan. So right. you'll definitely want to hear that Really story. cool story. So I know we could spend a ton of time <laughs> talking about American Graffiti that I finally got to see last yeah, night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Some other things that we did this week, but... Rob was such a great interview that I really think we should just jump right in. What do you well, think? I do. And I did want just earlier this evening, I was riding my bike back from band rehearsal and a 1968 um, Mustang Fastback that looked just like the original bullet car went by and oh, I, wow. I threw up a big thumbs up because I had, I was just like, oh my gosh, how cool. I've never seen the car around town. Uh, it just was so awesome. I thought, well, I'll definitely have to mention that on so tonight's show. Typical girly question: What color was it? <laughs> it was Highland Green, which is a dark moss green. Okay. But it was the Highland Green, just like I mean, it looked just like one of the movie set bullet cars. Neat. It was very well done. Had I think probably the 390 cubic inch in it and had that nice rumble um and as it rolled by i was just like oh yeah way cool so very again, neat gave the thumbs up and uh let them know that it, i was impressed so i thought hmm i'll have to mention that when we do our yes. final uh, yeah you didn't even tell me that was no really, that, that was, was a nice surprise that was really cool that was a nice little bonus to my ride That's home awesome but I agree with you. There's so much to hear. Uh, Rob is a fascinating guy. Let's let's jump right to the interview. Good evening from Biglerville, Pennsylvania. We are here with Rob Pantaleo, the proud owner of a gorgeous 1960 Plymouth Fury. And we're in his dining room. And we just came back from a little ride. He took us up to a local park where we took some photos. So please check those out on our Instagram and our Facebook page. But Holly and I are just so glad to, to meet Rob. And Rob, please tell us a little bit about, uh, about the car we got to enjoy this evening. Well, the way I got this particular car is uh, I've always had old cars, you know, since I was old enough to drive. And uh, just through the years, I've had um, just about every every American make, major make, except for Ford. Never had an anti Ford. Love them, just never had one. Mm-hmm. So prior to getting this convertible, I had a 56 Pontiac Star Chief. And it was a nice-looking bronze and cream two-door hardtop. And I owned it from 08. And in 2014, at that time, I thought, you know what, I want to pay things off. Just want to get rid of it, you know, and then I'll worry about getting a car when I retire. 
So I sold it to uh, Carlisle Productions, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact. Okay. Um, didn't make much on it, um, but they offered me a price to take it off my hands, and it was done. And they took it to auction. They didn't make much more on it, so that made me feel good, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. lose your shirt. No, yeah. didn't lose my shirt, and they were marginal on what they made. Sure. So it was exciting. They gave me free passes to the auction, so it was nice to nice. see that. So here it was, uh, 2015. Um, my father passed away at age 94. Wow. He was a good, good man, a World War II veteran, and uh, most of all, he was a Chrysler guy. So I grew up in a Chrysler household, mm -hmm. and one of my fondest memory cars that we had, because there was five of us, we had a 59 Plymouth wagon. So it had the fins, it had the push-button transmission, all that, and that was his favorite car. So I'm a councilman on the Biggerville Council, and town mechanic who's also a councilman, he came to me one night in a meeting, he said, hey, you in the market for an old car? And I said, no, I don't know, Bobby. I said, I just got rid of the Star Chief, and I don't know. I said, well, what is it? And he said, well, this gentleman on West York Street died, and it's 1960 Plymouth Fury. And I was like, hmm, fins. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, I don't know. I said, let me think about that. He said, well, his family, who's running the estate, doesn't want a lot for it. They had it appraised at 20000 and that's when it was in, you know, not really nice condition, being dirty. Mm -hmm. And he said, all they want is twelve. I'm like, oh, really? So I went home, looked on eBay, and I went on ask.com and typed in 1960 Plymouth Fury. When they started popping up with photos, like, oh, yeah, look at these. I said, Dad would love this. And... Um, I went to the next borough meeting. I said, Bobby, let me see this nice-looking Tudor hardtop. He goes, I didn't say that. And I said, well, what did you tell me? He said, it's convertible. I said, better yet, bring it on over. So he bought it over. It was one of those warm Decembers we had. Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit rainy, and he drove it up here. And uh, I just looked it over. I said, I'll tell you what, I want to see it on the lift in your shop. He goes, no rust on it. I said, I believe you. I said, but i got to see it because I know how these cars were. So I went over to the shop one day, and I spent a nice hour and 15 minutes underneath. Uh, took a magnet to everything, magnet stuck to metal. Found a couple little rust holes, but nothing. Mm -hmm. This thing was solid. Mm -hmm. uh, was it a local car, to your knowledge? It was a local car. The man on um, West York Street, this is where the serendipity of all this comes in, he died the same year as my father. My father oh passed my away God. in June. He passed away in October. He was 94, a World War II veteran, <gasps> and a big Chrysler lover. What a parallel. I know, oh what a parallel. Oh my gosh, mm. Rob, you had to buy it. I had to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I took it out for a ride, and I said to Bobby, I said, I can't not buy this car. Because, mm. um, you know, I had mostly paid off a lot of things. I'm like, this is meant to be. This dad would love it's a shame he didn't make it to see this car because mm -hmm. yeah. he would have loved it mm -hmm. so I went ahead and got got myself twelve thousand dollars and you know got the check signed and dealt with the family and brought it home and I expected to put money into it because mm -hmm. it was sitting mm -hmm. uh, he hadn't been able to drive it for several years but he bought the car in 1973 as a second car he worked for Musselman's and he drove it every day and in 1980, he could get classic plates for the car, so he did. And isn't that interesting, too, because you had just shared with us that your home, built in the 20s, was designed and owned by a Musselman's vice president. So yet again, another kind of interweaving of all these stories. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah, local history. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I put probably initially 
about 3,500 into it because I had to do the wheel cylinders. Mm -hmm. Had to do um, some new brake lines, uh, new fuel pump. Um, the convertible top, they were able to put it down and wouldn't go back up. So the lines had deteriorated. They were made out of some sort of rubber. Um, the convertible top motor went up. The cylinders went up just from putting the top down. It, the gentleman never had the top down much after he had it put on. Okay. So I had to replace that, the pump motor, the cell, all that you could buy, mm -hmm. no problem. Mm -hmm. oh, and good. he, instead of having using rubber lines again, he used brake lines. So everything's nice and tight, it'll never happen again. Mm -hmm. um, then the power steering pump had to be rebuilt. Um, what else? Carburetor had to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And then I went with a full electronic ignition. And you shared with us out in your garage, it's 318 two-barrel. 318 two-barrel. Uh, it's got options on that car. It was a three-speed torque flight automatic, power steering, power brakes, um, remote control mirror because there was a toggle mm -hmm. on the dashboard for the driver mirror. Uh, the, the flight sweep deck lid with a continental kit, that was an option. Backup lights were an option, too. In the okay. day, and the commander chair, correct? Well, the, no, that was op. That, that was, was uh, standard. Yep, that was standard okay. with the um, Fury and the Belvedere. Okay. okay. Um, I think that was pretty much all the options, options. on it. Well, I, I don't mean to derail you. Would you, for our listeners, describe the steering wheel being that? Yes. Our big mid-century modern fans, and of course, the space race of the mid to late six or late fifties into the sixties. I was just. I have to admit, I was fascinated watching you with that wheel. Thank you. That's called the Aero Wheel. It was an option. I don't know the price of the option, uh, but it would be considered expensive for the day. Mm -hmm. And it's it's basically a square steering wheel, mm -hmm. but it's a softer square steering mm -hmm. wheel. And the upper and lower portion, as you can see, which is turned yellow, was once a clear loose sight with silver flecks in it. It's all about the space age look mm -hmm. that went along with the push-button transmission mm -hmm. and all the push-button controls. And the floating speedometer pod. That that was really neat. For those that, I guess to describe it, um, those that are familiar with the 60 probably know it very well, but it was the first I had seen. And as Rob was driving it, it works perfectly. Uh, think of it like an orange linear speedometer. And as yes. it goes from left to right across the 0 through 120 or 140, as it goes to the 0 to 10, the 10 to 20, it's incrementally these little bar graphs are rising from the lower to the top. And Correct. so you can see... Almost like a thermometer. It, yes. It's a good way and to it was it nicknamed, people nicknamed it thermometer speedometer. Oh, yes. look at that. She's in marketing, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thermometer speedometer, I like it. Yeah, and uh, it just that's one of the fascinating things about the car. Mm -hmm. And you got a picture of the steering wheel, right? Of course, Okay, yes. so we'll post Again, that. Instagram and Facebook. And, and this good. was the last year for tail fins. The last year. I have a Motor Trend magazine from 1960 where they were testing the Plymouth out. And the critics were tearing it apart because of the fins. Because at that point, uh, Chevrolet was flattening out the fins on their cars. Cadillac was still carrying them over. But they really chided Plymouth for that. Hmm. And um, What were they saying in the Motor Trend? Were they saying that it was late to the dance and trying to keep a trend alive that Yes, exactly be. right. Okay. They didn't think it... And Plymouth kind of panicked because the next year when they made the 61s, it ruined the rear end. I think mm. they could have done them a little bit more muted. Mm. Right, they could have tamed it down without they totally... Ju they just totally cut them off. Yeah. Oh, and that was a shame. That would be a really long line. But hey, good for me because 60 Plymouths, now anything that... The big fin, big fin Mopars, any of them. Dodge, Chrysler... 
DeSoto, they're, they hold their value. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That is good for you. Oh, yeah. And other money that I put into it was I bought the taillight bezels mm-hmm. from the Midwest, had those re-chromed, had the Plymouth script re-chromed, had the back bumper re-chromed, bought some NOS parts, mm-hmm. lenses. Tell us a little, you mentioned it to us when we, we had the test drive with you, but the fact you came across someone who had the, the tractor trailer full of NOS. Yes, a gentleman from Canada who drives down for the Nationals. He drives a 1960 DeSoto all the way down. And wow. usually fills his trunk up with parts. Well, I met him the first year when it was raining and didn't have my car. And he gave me his um, business card. And it was hard for us to get together because this guy, a very brilliant man, restores a lot of cars, has a lot of them. And he's an HVAC man. Mm-hmm. But he does not have computers, won't mess with computers. He mm-hmm. has a flip phone. He just doesn't want any part of that. No mm-hmm. technology. So it was tough and I had to work through a friend of his. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got those medallions from him, NOS. And... The prices were excellent. And you saw the heater control buttons. Mm-hmm. I got a whole unit, replacement unit, which are hard to find, with brand new buttons and everything, if that was ever to go up. Sure. Well, and the prices were, uh, I mean, they were a bargain. And what, remind me again what NOS stands for. New old stock. These were parts that were made back in the day but never used, sat in warehouses. Okay. Mm-hmm. And John, he bought these started buying them back in the 80s when they were super cheap, and he would buy out dealerships. Smart. So he had three tractor-trailer loads full of NOS parts. Wow, that's yeah. great. Good vision on his part. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. The interior, I know both Hi and I commented during our test drive, our test ride, it was, it's just the most beautiful with the, the gold flecks and the... And the can you describe, or if you know the, the factory colors and such? Yeah, that was a caramel-colored interior. And that's okay. The caramel color, typically I've seen that with blue-colored cars, if they didn't go for the blue interior. Uh, people put it in with black, with red. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't such a rare car and I wanted to repaint it, they had a beautiful um, light blue and turquoise contrast color that would mm-hmm. really look good on that car. Mm-hmm. But... It'll always be worth more if I keep it to factory colors. Sure. And the caramel was like the leather part, and then there yeah, was, was the part. And the fabric, which yeah. was black with the the um, silver piping around the seats. Okay, so that head. was black. I, I couldn't tell if it and was then black it was like or green. The, I don't know what do you want to call it, but it's gold threading throughout yes. there. Yes. And they had that, whether you bought the blue interior, whether you bought the red interior. Well, those flecks, again, it gives the image of, the, of starlight, which is just part of, I think, the whole design. Yes. Yes. And that was a. Re- I don't think that was the original interior, but he when he had that car done, he went through the right channels and had the correct. It's all factory correct. The door panels are too. Mm-hmm. The only thing different is, you might have seen these on some late fifties cars. He used to use mylar, which was a silver. Yes. Problem is, it kinks and bubbles. It's just a, mm. it's just the way that it works. But he never he never had the mylar put in, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. And you said, just to reiterate, 84,000 miles. Original miles on the car. And you said it originally sold right out of Gettysburg, right? Gettysburg Motors. Uh, I'm trying to think of how much it sold for. I think it was for 2800 Wow. Okay. 1960. Mm-hmm. It was built in uh, uh, Newark, Delaware, because I think there is still a Chrysler plant there. Is, there is, actually. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where it was built. Then it was taken to a storage yard in Philadelphia, and then from there, it went to Gettysburg Motors, where the buyer purchased it as February 20th of 1960. That's awesome. That's an early purchase on 
Yeah. Essentially. And, I, and it was a shame that the uh, elderly gentleman's daughter didn't have the original title, because I would love to see who he bought it from. Yes. I just don't know who was the first owner. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Robert Burkhardt is the man I bought it from okay. through his family. Okay. And he, like I say, he bought it in 1973. Okay. So I can at least confirm that it was garage since 73. And I am most impressed the fact that it's truly almost completely rust-free and the fact that it has the local history. That it's, yeah, uh, it's that's a so neat. South Central Pennsylvania car. Yeah. Uh, it's really... It's amazing. It's, and he never really drove it in the winter either, mm-hmm. so that was his fair-weather car. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple granddaughters. He also owned a 66 first year of the Dodge Charger, the slouch back. Oh, yeah. He gave that to one of his daughters, and he gave his other granddaughter a Mustang convertible. I think one of the granddaughters wanted the Plymouth, but he would not give that to them because it didn't have a parking gear in it. Okay. You know, that's where you sure. push put it in neutral, and then you use the foot brake. Yeah, the push-button mm-hmm. transmission is so, so neat to see that in your 60. <laughs> and he did have a parking lever. It was an optional thing. Okay. There would have been a slide lever underneath the buttons. Okay. To break, but he was afraid that his granddaughters would get hurt or the sure. car would roll on them or something. That's understandable. Yeah. So they benefited from the grandfather in other ways. That's really cool. So one of the things we always like to ask, too, is what's what's next for you? What's next? I'm going to enjoy the car as it is because yep. um, I was able to make that not-so-great repaint stand out a little bit. I put 14 hours into it, taped off the paint, and took stainless steel to the stainless multiple times to get the scratches out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it as it is, and as I see fine things for it, I'll buy them. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I retire... I'll take it to a shop. It might need a little bit of metal work. Get all the trim taken off, bare metal it, um, have it repainted, get a new top for it. Because a number one condition on that car with the 218 two-barrel, uh, that would go for, I think, 74000 in number one condition. That would be like a moderate number three car. And looking on Haggerty price lines, it comes in around 38000 Wow. You made a very good investment. Yeah, for what I put into it and my purchase price, I'm ahead of the game. You, yes. you don't often say that in the old car world. No. 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 So no. for me to put another 25000 into it, still, boom. Yeah. You know, one of the guys that we talked to a couple weeks ago, Rob, said, which was something that really stuck with us and was really cool, that you're really just a custodian of this car, right? True. And then eventually, you know, like just like Robert Burkhart passed yes. it on to you, right? So he was the custodian until his time was up, and then now you're the custodian. And mm-hmm. So do you plan to be the custodian until, until yes, you leave I ha- it behind? I have a nephew who's a car fanatic. He likes the car. So it's my intention to keep this car mm-hmm. till whenever. Till mm-hmm. the end of days, till yeah. Till the end of days, and I'm going to add to it. I'm hoping by the time I retire, I want to get a 59 Dodge. I like the body mm-hmm. style. And the dash is, I mean, totally to die for, the way it's set up. It's a chrome dash. Mm. Um, so have two or possibly even three of the forward-look cars. Yeah. Well, this is where the big gr- or the larger garage you talked about. Yes. <laughs> if you uh, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I can do more work myself. I mean, right now right. I pay to get most things done. Right. Um, I pulled a bumper off myself, put it on, did all those types of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not into laying on a concrete floor Well, anymore. and in retirement... You'll have a lot more time and, you know. Yeah, I'm going to look to probably move on from this larger house to a smaller one, bigger garage. Mm-hmm. Right. Bigger <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes. like That's it. awesome. Yes. Well, I, I just wanted to ask this question. 
uh, in your years of ownership of the beautiful uh, 60 Fury, do you have a favorite memory? Of the... Of, the, of you, in, you in the car, whether it be a, a, just one of the idyllic days of driving or a, a car show. Every day or, I take it out. Really? Okay. You know, I mean, I'll, once I get the radiator record, I won't have to worry with any potential overheating. It's never overheated on me. It goes up a little high, but, you know, it's a 58-year-old radiator. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, this is perfect weather for driving it. Mm -hmm. And I'll drive it even in the winter as long as it hasn't snowed once. Mm. Why not? That's right. what it's right. for. No yeah. I don't understand why people feel like they got to put them in the garage and mm -hmm. sometimes jack them up. I mean, it's a personal option, but mm -hmm. that thing's meant to be driven. Mm -hmm. I think you told the story I heard uh, of taking it to the drive-in movies. Well, I actually, I hadn't taken that car yet. Oh, okay. The 56 Pontiac, oh, that went okay. to the drive-in. Nice. Because that's ideal, right? That, that's, oh, the, that's the picture the, for me. Is yeah. like, and it is. You know, drive-in theaters are a thing of the past, too. I they mean, those are. are hard to find. So mm -hmm. to to be able to take an old-school car like that, especially the convertible and... And the, Cum and the Cumberland drive-in, it's like a beautifully restored drive-in. And is. they even let you <clears throat> bring in a few bottles of wine and some cheese and things like mm -hmm. that. They oh, have no problem nice. with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and that's... Nice. Uh, the driving that uh, Rob's referring to is in, in Newville, and it's it you do feel like you have a, a taste of the past by going. Well, um, is there anything as far as a trip with the car that you'd like to take, whether it be the Skyline Drive or the Blue? Yeah, I would like to do that. It's still not ready for prime time those mm -hmm. trips because there's sure. still these little bugs you always have to. That's right. Now I had the power steer pump rebuilt, but then I noticed there were some drip drops on the floor. So there's a power steering fluid leak, and I think it might be the hoses. That should be an easy fix. Mm -hmm. Get that taken care of. Get the radiator record. Then I'll feel better about taking it longer places and mm -hmm. don't care if I have to sit in traffic. Sure. Right. Sure. You, you don't know. have to stress. Yeah. I don't have to stress yeah. for yeah. it. It's understandable. Yeah. Well, you had also had said about uh, one of five kids, and your dad had uh, always was a Chrysler guy. Are there fond memories if... if uh, you wanted to share with your nephew, let's say, over a fireside chat, what would be one of your favorite little guy memories around your dad and, and cars? Just I used, to, I used to go everywhere with him. Okay. And like I said, my best memories and my fondest memories were of that wagon with the fins mm -hmm. and the push buttons. Sure. And that was an interesting looking dash because the speedometer pod was, everything was beveled. So you had the heater controls that were buttons wow. and then you had the buttons that were diagonal. And I went everywhere with him on that, uh, in that car. And it was just, I don't know, it just really Where are you in the, the birth order? Number four of five. Okay, number okay. four of five. Were you the last boy? Last boy. There's three of us boys, two girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yep. the last one was a girl. So you were his baby boy. I was. <laughs> Going with he him was, everywhere. Because he was the youngest boy, too, in his family. Ah, okay. uh, yeah. And one piece I didn't show you, on the driver's uh, visor is a St. Christopher's medal. And his mother gave that to him when he bought his first Plymouth in 1952, and it's been in every car he's ever had. Oh, my gosh, that's so So cool. when he gave up driving and mm -hmm. had his Ford Taurus, mm -hmm. he threw in the St. Christopher's. So that's Protection. on the visor of the Plymouth. I think that's a cool thing. That is so cool, Rob. So there's sometimes when I'm driving that car, I feel that he's right in that passenger yes. seat. I was going to ask you, I'm sure there's got to be that, that sense Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. He sees it. That is one car he would have loved. That's mm -hmm. Like I say, I had him for 94 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 94 years he lived. Not everybody can say that about yes, their fathers. Yes, that's amazing. But you still, it's, it's never enough time. No. It's like, no. oh man, it was only a few more years later, 
he would have he would have loved that car. And you can't help but think that he that night that you were counsel or anything that he didn't have some influence I on know. all this because it just seemed like it aligned just perfectly. Yeah. Yes. And you absolutely. felt his presence then, like you thought of him immediately, and you knew this would be mm-hmm. a car he would he was. Yes, and, and and here it was. I had resigned myself for waiting another nine years before I went and bought sure. another old yeah. car. That's just you were how I was. That decision. Yeah. yeah, and then here it was. Boom! Out of the sky into my lap. Right. Sarah right price. Think. Rare car. Yes, yeah. Very much so. So cool. When you mentioned about the wagon and the the beveled uh, speedo and everything, I will say my dad always pointed this out to me when I was a little guy that. Mopar and Chrysler always have gone above and beyond as far as cutting edge. Like they do things with design, the Roadrunner with the high spoiler. I mean, the things that they've they've done. Yes. I think for maybe Ford and Chevy have been a little more conservative. Uh, a nod should be given to Mopar for always pushing Wait, that envelope. They started the fin thing. Okay. Because in the earlier part of the fifties, you could pick up a a Plymouth. In nice condition, really cheap because they were stodgy looking. They still mm-hmm. had the flat sixes in them, mm-hmm. and they know they needed something because Chevy was doing little muted things with little fins and fifty five. And mm-hmm. Plymouth said, "We gotta, you know, do something." So they started the forward look. Mm-hmm. And when they got to nineteen fifty seven, that's when he got longer and lower, mm-hmm. while Chevrolet was still using the same platform. Because yeah. I look on YouTube. If you look on YouTube, put in your fifty seven Plymouth, you'll see some of these old commercials. And their first uh, sales pitch was, Plymouth is three years ahead, suddenly it's 1960. So mm. that's what they, you know, here yeah, it was. Yeah. They called it the 1960 New Plymouth, even <laughs> though it was a 57. Sure. It was oh, a marketing wow. thing. Yeah, looking at well over the horizon, if you will. Interesting. And I wouldn't mind having a 57 or a 58. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. even a 59. It's really cool. They're cool cars, and, and like I say, it gets a lot of compliments, a lot of mm-hmm. looks, and yeah. Well, I, I love cars of all, whether they be imports or otherwise. Um, I was just in South America on business, so I'm looking at Peugeots and Renaults and all these things, and modern day cars, but vehicles you don't normally see here on the U.S. streets. So I love every every make mark, but I do think there should be something said for the Mopar community that as far as car owners. They are a very, very, very tight-knit group. Oh, yeah. Passionate. More, very passionate, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, and that's what I've learned about. Nice people. And mm-hmm. when I went to Cuba, oh, that, oh my yeah, gosh. Tell us about that. Uh, you just came back from my wonderful... Just came back, and I knew I was going to be in hog heaven. Yeah. There. It's <laughs> yes. like every, five, every fifth car was a 1950s car. Wow. So you won't see anything um, newer than 1960. Okay. But when I when I broke when I struck up conversations with these car owners that were running like private cabs mm-hmm. for people, and I showed them a picture of my car, and they said, "Wow!" He said, "You we can't find one of those on the island here." Oh, so, wow. after the revolution, mm-hmm. the only way you could keep a car is if it was already in your family. Okay. But then the government took a lot of them over, and later on, they would lease them to people to drive. And until they made the freedom of owning a car, they used to have different colors license plates. So. You could only drive the car in this area these certain days. Wow. There's restrictions on everything there. Wow. But just the ingenuity with some of these had diesel engines in them. Some of them had boat motors in mm. them, uh, V8 boat motors, uh, just how they're able the to Kia do that. underpinnings. Drive yeah, the, the Kia drivetrain right. on a 55 Buick Roadmaster. <laughs> <laughs> a big, heavy car, heavier sure. than that one. Sure. Drive. <laughs> but they were all beautiful. I mean, a lot of them looked great on the outside. Excuse me, but the interior, some of them were rough. Yeah. 
I got stuck because I didn't get to mine fast enough. It was a 54 Chevy convertible. And a lot of the convertibles you see there aren't true convertibles. A lot of them cut the mm. tops off. Okay. So the guy had some weak seats and he didn't have any carpet. I felt bad for him. If I mm -hmm. knew that I was going to meet some people, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have minded getting some pre-production parts and say, here. Yeah, sure. Because the only way they can get them now is if they have a family member in the States, they will allow them to ship and wow. until they get better and mm -hmm. opening up things better because they mm -hmm. need to preserve those cars. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're driving them daily. Yeah. That's a mate. That says a lot, right there. It does. Yeah, I felt bad for the guy, but I mean, it was just pride and joy, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting up front with him, and we're crossing these major highways, and the car kept cutting out. And he's he's just taking oh, it in stride. No. There's traffic zipping. I'm like, oh my god, here's I'm I'm gonna die in an <laughs> right, right. old Chevrolet in, in a communist country. And, but what some of them go, were, some of them were like I mean cream of the crop. Some of them were really cream of the cop, crop. And later on, we we rented a couple. Okay. We got a little bit ticked off at the tour guide because it was towards the end of our second day. Mm -hmm. And we were being jerked around and we were like, screw you, we want to get cigars and rum. So we had a, <laughs> we saw a guy there who had a 56 Ford Victoria. Mm -hmm. Okay. So can you call another old car in here for the rest of our crew? And right. you know, he drove us back in Havana and went to a nice shop where wow. came home with, I think, uh, 60. That's 60 cigars. Nice. Now we see uh, several boxes right here on the... Very nice. Yeah, they're all in that tub. Yeah. Neat. Well, you were able to do something that very few Americans can say they have vacation to Cuba. So. I thought it was perfect. It was going to you know, expose me to the, the eye candy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got there. We finally got to Havana. Um, it was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon and the sun had finally come out. We're walking around, you know, some of the ladies that were with us, they were looking at the building, and, hey, look at that car, look at this car, <laughs> right. look at that. and that's all I was looking at was cars. Right, sure. You know, um, and we went to San Fuego, so that was the first stop we made, and that's okay. where we first started seeing the old cars. Nice. It was just, I know, it, was just it was a rush, it was just such mm -hmm. a rush. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I was standing out of that side, uh, we had lunch there at an old mafia hotel, <clears throat> it was Meyer Lansky's, wow. called the Iguana. And he got to enjoy it for a few months before Castro took it from him. So they had a, a lunch for us, and the cars were just pulling in. I was talking to your dad. I'm like, hey, Rick, look at this. Yeah. Isn't this something? He was, he was getting off on them, too. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Because he told me some of the cars he had when you were a kid. Oh, my, yes. 65 and Paul, 66 and The Paul. SS. And yes. Oh, yeah. I, I had a lot of cool cars for date nights. That's for sure. Did you? Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> the shoebox Nova that was oh, at our house. That one was uh, amazing. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard the stories but that thing was 411 gears and um it was it was a former long island drag car mm -hmm. that was street legal and it 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 wound out at about 85 but it took nothing to get there so no not that little car <laughs> that was a little one wasn't it the nova well it was a 66 chevy 2 nova yeah, yeah that was a shoebox they called them the shoebox yeah. novas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it, that engine compartment had to be jammed and crammed oh yeah once you hit 80 85 it was it was maxing out because those four eleven gears were whining, but it was a great car. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like it's as you can see, it's it's in my blood. Mm -hmm. It's hard to hard not to be a car person. Mm -hmm. that's, it isn't. That's what Cars of Carlisle is about. We we celebrate that. In fact, uh, we love making new friends, and and Rob certainly. Yeah, we want you to. Let us know if you're coming up for Chrysler Nationals 2019. We'll I'll be there. We'll walk, and we'll walk around the fairgrounds with you. So. Yes, and I plan and I plan to spend the two days there. Good. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do that. Um, 
So here's the question. I know you said you don't like the, the heat. Obviously, this past year was really bad. But we always joke on the show about how it rains every time there's a car show. So what would you prefer? Would you prefer the heat? Or would I'll take you the heat and the, the breeze. Heat and breeze. <laughs> I'll do that. That's a good combo. It was, it was funny because I kept the top up. And at one point, because I got there so early in the morning and I had this event I had to go to, I wanted to take a nap. So I had the windows down. There was a breeze coming through. So it wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And I was there, and I, you could, I could hear people like walking around the car and commenting on it. And some little smart out of kids said, look, Daddy, there's a dead man in this. Oh, my God. And then he came over. I could see him coming over the door, and I went, bye. <laughs> and everybody laughed. They got, a good, they got a good charge out of it. That's awesome. Uh, that was an option for that year, a talking cadaver, I think. Yeah. Talking talk cadaver. Talking cadaver. And when I showed it to uh, John from Canada, he loved it. He said, I can't believe what a good a sh- what great shape this is in. That's nice. And you're from a guy who's restored it. Right. That's so He cool. knows. He knows all about it. Yeah. And I think, in a way, uh, we have fans and listeners from Europe and, and South America and all over, but we feel very fortunate, I'm sure you do, since you're only 35, 40 minutes south of Carlisle, to be in this area. To yeah, be it's only 18-mile drive south. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be able to... Uh, to see Celebrate. amazing vehicles and mm-hmm. other car people from all over, all corners of the world come to our little place in Pennsylvania. Yes, yeah, yeah, so if you ever see my car and I'm not driving, call the cops. Okay, <laughs> all right. We'll know. We'll and know. if you're taking a nap, go over and shake it. Just make sure you're okay. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> not a dead man in a car. That's great. Well, thank you so much for opening up your garage and your home to us. Oh, it was my pleasure. I mean, this so is fun. great. And the bonus was the fact we got to get a ride in the 60 Fury up yeah. the road to the... Where we did the photo shoot. Yeah, I wish it would have stayed lighter longer to go for well, a longer that, drive. That was our t- fault. I would have taken that on 15. And <laughs> that was awesome. Stretch no the legs a little bit. No trouble keeping up with stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, thank you so much, Rob. Welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we will send it back to the studio. Well, now that we've talked to Rob at his dining room table, we got a chance to actually go for a ride, and it was so very cool in fact holly you've not been in a lot of older cars no i haven't so this was exciting for you and and just to see that such the cool interior and the the gold flecks and the, the bench seat yeah it's just it's a, just a step back in time so yeah we'll definitely have you please go out to instagram uh, as well as facebook we'll have photos of rob's 60 plymouth fury and it was so cherry so check that out so some of the things I did to it, um, I started going to the Chrysler Nationals at Carlisle and met a guy from Canada. man owns three tractor trailer loads full of parts that were never used on cars. They called them NOS. Yeah, new old style. Yeah, and he gave me, I got bought a set of these because these, the colors were starting to fade out of it. So what is that? It's just a medallion. Okay. And when you bought the Fury model, that's what it came with. That is really cool looking. Anything below that, like the Belvedere had the spears, like mm-hmm. the shooting rockets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything was space age. With that red, it looked like it was a brake light. And I'm like, but that's not nah, right because it's on know, this side. I thought these were painted. But I, in 1960, they had the technology to make vinyl deca- decals. Oh. And I've got a couple sets. So one day, I'm going to take this apart, scan it, go to a print shop. I said, print me some vinyl decals smart. up, get the other ones restored, sell them. Oh, smart. I like that. And here on the back, I bought two new taillight bezels because the other ones were pitted up. So I got them out of the mid. I got them out of the west, and they were not pitted. So I sent these off to Middletown. Mm-hmm. He's got triple plated. They're so cherry. This was restored. I had this restored. This was gray looking. Oh, 
because all the chrome had worn off. Back bumper was done. The lenses are NOS. Got that from I, ass John. I assume this is spare this was, tire? Nope, it's just an option. It calls it the Flight Sweep Deck Lid. Uh -huh. This looks good without it, but also looks good with it. If I yeah. want yeah, cool. Flight Sweep, uh-huh. It was to give the Continental look to it. Sure. And back then, it was like a $58 option. But if I took this off now, sell it, I could put it on eBay for $900. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So the, the elderly man did have somewhat of a restoration done. It wasn't done completely yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, I had to work 14 hours on the paint to get it to look like this. You did it yourself? Yeah, with buffers and wow. wire products. Wow. Did you sand it? Or, um, not sorry, I'm sorry. You, um, what's the term I'm looking for? The, like the, the grip it wasn't, block or whatever. It, it wasn't a wet sand, but it, no, was, it, a, it was a green. So it was a green product. It was like a number seven. Okay. And used it with an orbital buffer because on the front fender, there was cat claw marks on it that took it down to the primer. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this? But as you can see, oh, yeah. I was I able to get the paint to blend in. I think five different times I put blue tape on above and all the um, stainless. Yeah, yeah. And worked on it with metal polish to get the scratches out of it mm. to get that sheen. Wow. Yeah. it's That's the kind of stuff I love doing. It's a lot of work, yeah. But there's satisfaction. Big yeah. time, big time. Of course, I had to get wide whites on it again. <laughs> yes, it does. It really makes it. It does. And it's a it's a 318 V8. Okay. It was the old, they called them the poly V8s. It's, it was a wider block. Parts for mechanical, you can get them anywhere okay. still. No problem. Um, so what would be the benefit of the wider block? This little more... I don't know what that design was. Or was it part of compression or... It might have been that. Okay. Um, it's got, it only has a two-barrel carburetor, but, you know, hey, okay. it's the V8. Uh-huh. But just the attention to detail, like the scalloping here is yes. just so That came on beautiful. the Fury and also came on the Belvedere. The Savoy, which was the base model, didn't have that. I'm familiar with the Belvedere, but I didn't even think I knew about the Savoy. Yeah, it was like your basic bare bones. They okay. weren't even there. You didn't have the rocker moldings. Okay. Um, you didn't even have this. Yeah. Very sparse uh, trim level. So chrome, stainless, right? Stainless, uh-huh. Okay. This block. is a 230 horsepower. Okay. And then what's your, is your plan to restore the engine then? Well, yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't leak any oil, doesn't burn any oil. It's only got 84,000 miles on it. Oh my nice. Gosh. So I'm going to clean this up, get some silver paint, repaint all that. I used to do that when I had Chevrolets and stuff. I could do engine compartments up pretty good. Mm -hmm. Make it presentable. Sure. And then when I retire, then I'll have the money to take this to a shop, get the trim taken off, get it straightened, get it polished, get a little bit of metal work done, nice. have a new repaint to it, yeah. and I'll have the motor pulled and have all that cleaned up. Because I had this rebuilt, the generator, this summer. That's uh, part of an electronic ignition. That's the only thing that I did for a modification on that this. That was probably a good investment. It was. It. I get between 18 and 22 miles a gallon out of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, and for I found her. a couple places that sell ethanol-free gas. Good. I hate ethanol. They should, they should not have it. I know. It's just, it's, it's a waste down. of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Watered down garbage. That's good that you have a couple places you can count on. For now, over the winter, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this record. Okay. Yeah. It does okay, but I had a um, um, a work buddy with me, and I was taking him up to the hotel in Harrisburg, and because there was two of us in there, it started running hot. So I said, okay, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a 58-year-old right. radiator. That's right. Yep. I just, even the accent in the uh, format, that is so... 
Yes, they're reproductions. Space Age era. They are reproductions okay. of actual um, Chrysler Mets. That's so neat. Wow. So this, this would be is. the ultimate date car. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for one sure. Day, I mean, under a hot sun and summer night. Sky, yeah. And one day I'll get to use it as a date car, for go. sure. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm yeah. definitely going to get a picture of the fins. That was the first thing I had to do. I said, i got to dress these up and get these re-chromed, you know? It makes it. I mean, it, it completely makes the whole rear end. It does. And um, always get a lot of compliments with this. I'm always. Sure. Um, it's a turner. It's a head turner. Yeah. So pretty. Most of the audience would be um, people like your parents' age. Mm -hmm. They remember them when they were brand new, when they were teens. Yep. Um, elementary school kids love it. Really? College-aged women love it. <laughs> I pull up to Planet Fitness and say, do you mind if I get my picture taken with your car? Help yourself. Yeah. Sure. So this was top of the line? The Fury, top of the line. Okay. Mm -hmm. The one option I wish I had, and it would make it more valuable, is they had swivel seats, swivel buckets. So those. when you opened the door, they would swivel out. And oh, it was, nice. You know, it was, ladies loved them because you could keep your knees together with your skirt and just yes. come out yeah. like this. Yeah, there's other options I wished it had, but hey. That's all right. They made 7,000 convertibles in 1960, and out of those, there's only 350 of those known registered. Oh, my word. So wow. I know I've got something special. Yeah, you do That's have something awesome. special. That's awesome. So now that we've heard all the features and the specs about this mm -hmm. one car, um, we headed back to his house, and uh, I kept the tape rolling just in case we found some nuggets along the way, and he told us about another car that he owned before this one. So uh, this was a, a kind of a cool little snippet for you guys to hear too, so. Enjoy. I had a 57 Bel Air when we moved up here and it was a turquoise and white one. It was a four-door sedan, got out of Ohio. And it had the right profile the way it sat. So I got fender skirts for it. Mm -hmm. And Neat. spinners for the wheel covers. That's a great, the color combo is just I love essential. It. Yeah, the turquoise and white. Yes. I wished that this was a different color, but I was told if you want to keep the value up, leave it like it is. Yeah. I went ahead and sent um, my VIN number and 50, 50 bucks to uh, Detroit. Mm -hmm. So the history of this car, it was sold brand new at Gettysburg Motors. Oh my gosh. So right here local. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm just now noticing how the speedometer works. It's linear. Yeah. It's... um. These little digits, oh. these little red digits come up that as you go. That is so yeah. cool. That is so cool. And the only bulbs you have are down here. This is like an electronic wire that glows. Oh my god. It was called um, luminescence. Wow. That is the coolest thing, how they just fractionally come up little by little there. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, that's one of the coolest <laughs> things I've seen. I love that is it. so neat. And the way, I just love the way this thing floats. Yeah, it does. it does. Such a smooth ride. Tony, that steering wheel has captured my imagination. Right? It's so neat. <laughs> to get this thing recast, and it would be worth it, because I mean, you can add that right into the price of the car. It was eighteen hundred bucks. I found somebody that can do it. Okay. But when it's done, to see that clear with the silver flakes mm -hmm. in it. Yeah. yeah. Like little sparkles floating in midair, kind of thing. Yep. So. So we are back. I hope you all enjoyed our evening in Beglerville. Rob Panaleo, extremely cool guy. Class act. He was. In fact, um, just everything about the evening was so much fun. 
and we hope to see him again very, very soon, whether he comes up to Carlisle for Chrysler Nationals 2019. We, of course, opened up an invitation to hang out with him, or he may just come up for a cruise, but incredible guy. We so enjoy being uh, being around people like him. Proud to call him a friend now. Very much so. Uh, yeah. A true gentleman and, and definitely a friend of ours and of Cars of Carlisle. Well, we want to let you know, too, there is still so much coming up. Episode 30, just around the corner. And we have a calendar. How about it, Holly, here in the studio? We have a calendar of guests, local, regional. We even are having uh, some opportunity to talk to folks in other other countries, other continents. Uh, A possible interview coming up with a Mustang owner in Australia. Uh, A big shout-out to some recent Brazilian uh, listeners that came on board. Michelle, Jone, Guilherme. Muito obrigado. Thank you for listening in each week and becoming subscribers. In fact, they they became subscribers just this week. And if you haven't subscribed to Cars of Carlisle, why not? What are you waiting for? Now's the time. In fact, Car- <laughs> Holly and I have made it a pretty aggressive goal that by the end of the year, we have it written all over the place. We are going to triple our number of subscribers. Why not be part of the movement? Help us out be part of this community we'd love to have you on board and the benefits of the whole thing is when we post this every tuesday night late with the midnight oil it'll be there waiting for you in your queue on your podcast first thing wednesday morning when you wake up easy peasy why not go ahead and subscribe hey and real quick a, a quick shout out to man engineering um, yes you know i know they're going to be out at sema i know they don't busy. have mm-hmm. a booth unfortunately but um but if you guys if anybody that's listening happens to be out at sema be sure to stop by they are as we've talked about before yes um a provider of all things subaru so and a sponsor for and us a, and uh, yep and a sponsor for us and so check out uh that's a good point holly so be sure to introduce yourself to gary lou and his team Man Engineering is, if you're a Subi owner, that's where it is. It's a must-see. Absolutely. Good call out. Well, I really do appreciate everyone listening in. Continue to follow. Share with three friends. That's right. Holly has her challenge that share with three friends. I like that. Uh, Be part of the community. This is is a car community that we're proud of. We want you to be proud of it and to grow it and just be engaged and have fun. Life's short. Let's just enjoy the cars, the fun, the stories, the people. There's so much to share. Well, for that, I'll say drive well. And be well. Take Take care. care.